0: Every time I'd go camping with my father, he'd say one thing that most fathers say. Leave the campsite nicer than you found it. And we always made sure to leave the campsite nice. And he brought that policy to the company he founded. In order to fill the world with essential oils, the world must be healthy. The precious plants that lend us their oils must be able to grow and mature and be taken care of. Hello and welcome to Young Living's podcast, The YL Drop. My name is Jacob Young, your host. Young Living is the world leader in producing and distributing premium essential oils. This podcast will provide you with drops of information about Young Living, including stories, history, product information, lots of little fun facts, and even more. And we'll also give you an opportunity to win some free product. In studio with us today is Devin Patton. Young Living's Director of Environmental Sustainability. Welcome to the studio. Thanks, Jacob. Happy to be here. So what does the Director of Environmental Sustainability do? <laughs>
1: uh, I I get to wear many hats, which is the fun part about my job. Um, biggest focus is worrying about Young Living's environmental footprint and what we can do to lessen that footprint, how we can uh, be more efficient and better stewards of the earth.
0: Sweet. I love it. So what kind of work or school did you go to or do to prepare before coming to Young Living?
1: It's a good question. Uh, my undergrad is actually in, in international business management, um, but it was in between finishing that degree and working at a, another company that I decided I wanted to do something higher, and I started looking around the, the, com- the country for different programs, and I ended up finding a, a master's program in environmental sustainability. It is technically called a Executive Masters of Sustainability Leadership, and that one really interested me. Um, I, I'm a native of Utah. I love everything that Utah has to present in terms of the natural environments. I spent all my time in college in one of the national parks, um, and I wanted to ensure that that was preserved for my family and my kids and their kids. Um, and so, when I found this program, I figured this was going to be my best opportunity to, to make an impact and do all I could to preserve those things for the future generations.
0: That's great. And rightly so. We have to make sure that we take care of our earth and our earth will take care of us. I think that's great. With us being in studio here at GHQ, I think it will be really cool for you to share just all the sustainability that headquarters itself has to offer.
1: I, I would love to. How much time do we have? An hour or two? Oh, we got a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, a lot of great things here at uh, GHQ. The building was built, I, I think, with environmental sustainability in mind. Um, we've talked about how there's a ton of natural lighting, which I love. Anywhere in a desk in the building, you're you're bathed in this natural light. Obviously, cuts down on energy needs. Uh, the way the building was built with the HVAC HVAC systems, mm-hmm. same type of thing. We don't have to put a ton of energy into heating and cooling the building which is uh, one of the biggest draws um, on energy for any building is uh, heating and cooling. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, I mean, we have the beautiful atrium with the living, living walls, the plant walls. Um, those are wonderful, create you know a great atmosphere. You really feel like you're connecting the nature there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, uh, in addition to that, we've done a lot of work in the back of the house with our recycling systems. Um, so when we moved into the building, we made sure that we had systems recycle, normal mixed waste, that's paper, plastic, things like that. Um, and over time, we've added in food waste. So in our employee break rooms and on our cafe, uh, all of our food waste is taken to a plant where it is uh, recycled into compost. Uh, the gas, the sin gas off of it is turned to energy. Um, in addition to that, we've added glass. Glass is not a normal curbside thing in Utah, so we've added that. Uh, we do periodic recycling of e-waste and batteries for employees as well.
0: Oh, sweet. Yeah. Wow, that one I did not know. We Yep. And you're absolutely correct. This building was built with environment in mind. Uh, My father was always very careful about how much he took away from the earth. He always, one of his sayings was give more than what you take. Um, And so not only with headquarters, as far as, you know, what we're building, we're making sure that those come into work are bathed in the warm sunlight. We have very bright and vibrant colors. So it's an inviting and welcoming uh, workplace and place to come into the atrium, uh, uh the waterfall creates natural humidity as well, so it's not dry in here. Uh, and then the live plants, it's all great. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love it.
1: Me too. And that, that's one of the reasons, you know, that we have dual certifications with LEED and Green Globe as well.
0: Yeah, we are one of the very few buildings that actually has a certification and an award from them uh, on the West Coast for Our building in, I can't remember what the certification was for, but we actually have multiple awards for this building as far as how it's set up for sustainability, structure, design, um, natural lighting, and all of that. It's great. So when you come to GHQ, as soon as you walk through the doors, you'll see some of the awards on the right-hand wall, and that's just a few of the ones that we've been awarded. So it's absolutely great and wonderful. So let's focus outward. What are Young Living's as a company's area of focus on sustainability?
1: That's a great question. Um, we have three major areas we're focusing on our three initiatives. Uh, the first area we're focusing on is our waste, and we've broken that down into landfill waste as well as carbon waste or carbon emissions. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're doing a lot there in terms of making sure that our uh, operations are as efficient as they possibly can. Any waste that's coming out, we're obviously looking to either reduce or make sure that that's avoided um to go into the landfill and we're doing things like recycling or repurposing things like that yeah uh second area that we're really focusing on is our product packaging Uh, always striving to to do better there and and reduce waste reduce plastic things like that make more environmentally friendly packaging and then third area is continuing to practice uh, regenerative sustainable farming which is really at the heart of what we do
0: yeah, it's great. Um, maybe go into a bit of what our farms do, uh, either specific farms or just our farms in general. Uh, of what practices they follow for sustainability.
1: Absolutely, there's there's a lot that our farms are doing, and and I I could talk all day about them. Um, <laughs> th- the amazing things that that have just happened the last several years have just been a, a focus again to make sure that we're we are not taking everything from the ground.
0: Yep. Um giving more than what we take.
1: yeah absolutely. Um one of the projects that's happened in uh, Mona and and one of the other farms recently has been on focusing on our water. Um Some of the water coming out of the distillation process used to be just put into a holding pond and then discharged. Mm-hmm. Um, they have now created a process down there that recycles that water. Uh, it's it's a really cool process. It, it, again, it goes to a holding pond. It goes from some to through some filtration processes. Um, using peat moss, mm-hmm. which can then at the end of the process be recycled and put into compost, put back to the field. Um, and then that water, once it's gone through this filtration system, is cooled off, um, is actually put back onto the field and is used as as irrigation. Um, That's saved us immense amounts of water.
0: Over how many millions of gallons, Calder, you Over
1: 270 million gallons.
0: 270. That is amazing. And that's almost close to help irrigate 400 acres, you I were saying? I believe that's the, the figure. I yeah, yeah, it was
1: around about 400 acres. Um, and that's that's incredible, especially in a state like Utah, where we've been extreme drought for the last couple of years. Um, we're dedicated to make sure that we're saving the resources that we absolutely need, water being chief among those.
0: So for those who don't know, maybe quickly explain what peat moss is. <laughs>
1: Peat moss um, is is it's a growing plant. It's an organism, um, and the the moss is used in a way that it it naturally filters the water. I am no biologist. I'm no expert on that, but I do know that you know we're instead of using a synthetic fiber, we're using this biological um, organism that helps clean the water, and then it can then be you know once it's at its end of its life, broken down and put all those uh, nutrients back into the soil.
0: Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I uh, you actually see peat moss a lot in like little ponds and fish ponds and stuff. It's, mm-hmm. it's actually there and fish use it all the time. They actually swim through it, if I'm not mistaken, to kind of clean themselves off as well. It's a
1: natural filter.
0: Yeah, so beyond the water conservation, how else do farms limit impact on the land?
1: Uh, a lot of different ways. Um, our farms are, are great at uh, recycling biomass, so things that come out of the distillers, mm-hmm. um, recycling that into compost, using that as a natural fertilizer. Um, That's that's a great benefit to the soil to avoid a lot of the synthetic chemicals and things um, to use that uh, all the nutrients within that plant material and return it to the farm or return it to the field excuse me. Um, In addition to that, uh, we do things like our monarch way stations. So we have several areas at several farms that are set up to preserve pollinators, and pollinators are vital to the health of the plant, as we know, um, to be able to uh, make them thrive and grow. So we have several areas set up that are specifically set aside to um, protect the habitat that those, uh, those creatures need to reproduce and grow.
0: So as far as pollinators go, um, we're not just talking about honeybees, correct?
1: Correct. Yes. Um, as far as I'm aware, Utah has many species of native bees, and a lot of these bees um, are the pollinators we're, we're referencing, as well as things like butterflies. Um, again, that's why we, we're focused on the monarch butterflies. They're critically endangered, but there's other butterflies and bees that, that uh, are part of this ecosystem that we're trying to protect.
0: So, what's the difference between our essential oils and the pollinators going to like a daffodil or a sunflower? Um, what makes our why would pollinators go to our essential oils? Is the question.
1: Well, they're the best, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, that, that's that's part of the, the healthy plant is is the pollination process, right? Um, if, if we didn't have this pollination process, we wouldn't have these plants reproducing like they should be um, naturally, which is again part of the process. We don't want to have a lot of synthetic or, or um, man made. Um, interference, if you will.
0: So we talked about environment, and you also talked about the packaging that we um, provide with members for their products and stuff. How do we make that sustainable as well?
1: That's a good question. Um, full transparency, we're we're a ways off on that in being best in class. Um,
0: we're the, getting there,
1: though. We are, we are, and the bright side is on that we've actually been doing a lot of work on our packaging. Um, we're part of a group called the Sustainable Packaging Coalition. And this is a group of individual or of organizations that are dedicated to improving consumer packaging. Um, through them and through their platform, we've been able to do some analyses on our packaging and found that actually a large majority of what we're shipping out the door is already easily recyclable. And easily recyclable means that you can put it in your curbside bin. And have it recycled or you can take it to a local drop-off point being a grocery store or, or maybe a community drop-off
0: point and that curbside bin being the blue bin obviously correct
1: absolutely absolutely yep uh, most of our most of our rigid plastics are bottles uh jugs jars those type of things can go right in them um as long as they're rinsed out not not too dirty on the inside yep um our glass bottles are from our oils easily recyclable um in most glass pickups um, we always recommend you just double check locally, but for the most part, that amber glass is very easily recyclable.
0: So with the glass, what about the cap and the oil dropper, the plastic piece on the inside?
1: Really good question. This this one's actually asked quite often. Um, the the lid, the ring, and then the insert, the dropper, if mm-hmm. you will, um, are both made of resins that are recyclable. Um, it's one of the, the more recyclable plastics. Um, the issue that we run into with that is most mechanical recycling processes that sort your plastic... Um, these caps are small enough, they kind of fall through the teeth of, okay. of, that, of those systems. Um, and so so usually they're not as easily recyclable. Uh, I did get a tip from somebody that runs our local, it's called a MRF, a material recycle or material recovery facility. Um, and he told me the best thing you can do is get a jug, like an orange juice or milk jug, and fill it up with those little pieces of plastic, <laughs> screw the lid back on, and then put it in with your recycling. He says that will increase the chances that it goes through the process. That's
0: such a good yeah. idea. I would have never thought that, so... And then uh, just making sure with the, uh, with the glass and all the other products, make sure to wash them out, of course, before putting them in the recycling bin. Is there anything, any other steps that, that our members or people who are using our products need to take?
1: No, that, that's, that's the, the guideline usually is that you want to make sure that they're clean and dry, so no additional oil or product. If you have a, a tub of something that has a, a more viscous liquid in there, if you tip it upside down and shake it and nothing comes out, you're usually okay to toss it into your bin there.
0: Great. So now all of you know what you can do on your side to save the environment and be a good impact for the environment as well. But what are we doing per se? It's a good
1: question. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. Um, one of the questions that I get asked quite often when we're talking about packaging is about plastic. Specifically in your shipment box, you'll get it and there will be an air pillow inside. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's called void fill material. Um, This is a uh, project that we've actually done a lot of work on behind the scenes because I hear a lot that people are asking, why can't we go to something like paper? The the perception is more environmentally friendly. Um, We put a lot of muscle into this issue and found that although the paper is more environmentally friendly on its own in a vacuum, if you will, um, it requires more paper. To go in a box to provide the same protection as the air pillow.
0: So more trees.
1: More trees. Um, It creates more weight on the box. So the boxes are heavier, which could impact shipping costs. Shipping costs, yeah. Um, And and it doesn't provide quite the same protection as the air pillow. It's called the elasticity of it. Yeah. So you imagine a bottle of Zing in there or a bottle of Ningxia Red in there with, say, your your multivitamins. And if it hits a big bump, that paper crunches and it doesn't rebound like the plastic air pillow does. Um, the nice part about those plastic air pillows is they are actually 100% recyclable, just like a shopping bag from a grocery store. So once you get your box, you can just put a little slit in it, squeeze the air out, put it in with all your shopping bags, and drop it off at your local store just like you would for those items to be recycled.
0: Great. I love it. And those Ningx Red bottles are pretty hard to break. I've tried breaking them on purpose. I've yet to get one to break. So. Absolutely.
1: But we want to provide the best protection we can in the in the package, and so that's why we continue to use those air pillows.
0: Great. Love it. For those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a while now, you know that with each episode, we give away at least one product. And well, this one comes with three products. This exquisite bag is made of cork that is 100% natural, stain resistant, water repellent, and scratch-proof. Completely renewable and sustainable, the cork comes from the bark of a cork oak tree, which can live up to 200 years. This harvesting process actually supports cork tree's longevity and encourages CO2 absorption. Not only are you getting this beautiful bag, but you're getting two wonderful oils inside it, peppermint and the peace and calming blend. So comment hashtag sustainability down below for a chance to win this beautiful bundle. Good luck. So you mentioned three focuses um, uh, as far as what we are doing to become sustainable. Uh, regenerative farming, better product packaging, and now the last one is our waste and carbon emissions. What are we doing for that?
1: Great question. Um, we focused. We started first with waste, so we were focusing on the waste we were sending to the landfill. A great example is the, the distribution center in Spanish Fork. Uh, we've been focused really hard there on reducing the amount of waste that comes out of there. Uh, and implemented a very ro- robust recycling system. We have an amazing recycling coordinator there that runs that program. Mm-hmm. And they are doing things like we've implemented baling of plastic uh, sheeting, recycling of cardboard, reuse of cardboard, um, recycling of all of our plastics and materials. We actually have a semi-truck that we ship out of there every so often full of materials to be recycled. So instead of taking a big dumpster to the dump, yeah. uh, it's all going to a recycling partner. Um, and we're in the middle right now of working with a partner to get certified uh, zero waste to landfill. So we're right now hoping we'll hit mid 90% of all of our waste is not is wow. being avoided from going to the landfill.
0: So w- what does that certification get you per se? Or is there any fancy discounts or anything like that <laughs> that you get with it?
1: Um, that's just really, it's a validation of all of our work. Great. Um, but it's a third party validation. So they'd go through and do a very strenuous audit and look at all of our records and make sure that we are doing as we say, um, even down to the point of weighing and looking at all the weight of material that is taken out of that, uh, facility.
0: So it's the golden star to show the world that we just are the best. Absolutely. I love it. So we talked about waste and that is all great. And we're so close to that certification. Oh, well, hopefully we're getting close we're to getting that. very close. Awesome. What about carbon?
1: Carbon is a is a big bear. It's a, it's a big project, but it's actually one of the most impactful. Um, we are currently just exploring what our carbon footprint looks like. So we've embarked on a project called a carbon inventory, and that's essentially where we look at all of the activities through our entire operation, through our entire supply chain, both upstream and downstream, at all the project or all the activities that emit carbon or mm-hmm. or other emissions. Um, once we find all those activities, we quantify them. And then we can use some calculations to determine a CO2 equivalent of all the emissions we create, we create, Um, once we have all that data, then we're going to be able to look at ways we can reduce those emissions through efficiency projects. Um, and then hopefully, um, look at setting some goals for reducing our carbon footprint. Um, the biggest question that I get asked though is why, why do we do this exercise? Yeah. Um, we understand that we as a society human beings are having an impact on the climate. Um, and carbon emissions uh, is the biggest impact we're having. And it can can serve to cause issues, especially where we depend on Mother Nature to provide the best environments for our products. We want to make sure we're treating her right and that we're not putting a bunch of toxins in the air that can change all that.
0: It's really unfortunate because I I saw a study, I, I think like a week or two ago, that showed that we have accumulated more carbon emissions from the 1970s to now than 1970s to the beginning of time. In just that short time period, which is just, I think it was, I mean, it was like in the thousands of percentage of increase of carbon emissions. And so anything that we can do to cut back on that is obviously great. Um, you know, something as simple as carpooling or biking to work. We actually have, have a lot of employees here during the summer when it's a bit warmer. <laughs> now it's starting to get chilly that actually ride their bike to work and stuff. Uh, carpooling a great way. Uh, of course, EV vehicles and electric vehicles are a good option too. Um, is there anything else as far as our brand partners can do to help with their carbons?
1: That's a great question. Um, you, you mentioned a lot of things right now. I think it's just the biggest thing we're trying to help people understand is that awareness as to what those activities may be. Mm-hmm. Um, there are kind of three major sources of carbon, and that's that's commercial activity, that's residential homes, and then transportation. Um, so some of the biggest things that brand partners can do is is be aware of their transportation. Can they take alternative methods? Is it walking or taking public transport or a bike or something like that? And if it if that's not an option, you know how can you reduce your amount of trips? Can you do several things in one trip instead of going multiple t- places in? And, you know, in the same day and taking multiple trips.
0: Yeah, and make sure that it's within reason as well. We don't want you to have to go out of your way. If you are going out of your way to do it, I mean all all the blessings to you props to you and all of that. but also make sure it's worthwhile for yourself too.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I love what you were just saying about that. you know, you don't have to go extreme. that that's that's not needed right now. I think the the biggest thing that we need to do is act together. And make some take some conscious steps mm-hmm. um, to really start to create some impact. Um, from there, we can then start to figure out you know the better solutions uh, that we can all be taking together. But you know, for now, that's why at Young Living—that's what we're why we're taking these areas of focus and and taking the steps we are now—is to start to build that momentum together.
0: Yeah, baby steps turn into big straps, big strides, and then running, of course. You know, we're doing it here at corporate, and then you're also joining with us. And we hope that, you know, if you're not right now, that you can start joining with us as well um, from wherever you may be in the world. Uh, just kind of make this world a better place for itself and to keep it healthy as well. And one thing that I would love to uh, quickly ask is with all of this sustainability, are we saving money at the exact same time?
1: we are there there are certain instances where we're saving money there's certain instances where we're spending some more money but the result will be a savings um altogether the when we talk about things in in the sustainability industry um the results from climate change are going to be catastrophic if we don't make some changes yes. and the the economic impact can be very great so we're putting some investment in front in some of our things because we're hedging against we're going to avoid a lot of costs down the road so yes. Overall, yes, it's saving money for sure. And
0: it's great because whatever money we're saving, we can put back into the programs for sustainability, the farms itself as well, to help with the sustainability and the environment itself. And it's just, it's a great all-around circle, I would say. Uh, It's just, well, I guess triangle in this case, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's absolutely great. For you, because you're so passionate about, you know, being environmentally uh, protective and safe and active uh, and responsible. Is there anything else that like screams to you or something that you really just would love to share with our audience?
1: The the biggest thing that I would love to share is just start somewhere. I think a lot of people get overwhelmed when they think of, oh, I could be doing this and I have friends that are doing this and so, so-and-so is you know, like the best recycler ever. And, and you don't know where to start. Um, my best advice is just to start somewhere. And yeah. if you need to know where to start, you have questions reach out to us. Um, we have an inbox that's sustainability at youngliving.com. Great. Shoot me an email and ask me any question you have, and I'd be happy to give you as much information as I can. I don't have it all. I'm not the, <laughs> I'm not the know-all expert, um, <laughs> but I, I would be happy to share you know, my thoughts and, and insight.
0: Well, Devin, thank you so much for your passion and all that you do here at Young Living and for everybody else outside of Young Living as well. And uh, once again, uh, Devin is Young Living's Director of Environmental Sustainability, and we appreciate you for coming on to the show.
1: Thanks, Jacob. Happy to be here.
0: And thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to this episode. Don't forget that we release a new episode every other Monday on all of our platforms, which includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and our newly refurbished website at www.youngliving.com. Don't forget to oil up, wild family. This is Jacob Young, dropping out.